crowd. You may be seated. Paul, Paul, Mark, come up here, please. You just need to start up here. If you're a guest with us today at Trinity, we want to welcome you and thank you for joining us. And if you're joining us on the live stream today, we want to thank you for being here as well. Um, can we get a... Oh, sorry. If you are a guest with us today... If you could slip up your hand for us when this dashing young man walks down the aisle. That way he can, I know I'm using that very lightly. Um, that way he can get you uh, an information card if you want to just fill it out for us and put it in one of the offering plates. That way we can keep in touch with you and you can keep up to date on the events that are going on here at the church. Can we get a round of applause for our guests today? All right, first and foremost, I've been told probably by, I don't know, four or five people since I got here. Um, apparently, I have a track record of forgetting announcements. I didn't know that, but um, yeah, I forgot. I wanted to mention that next Sunday, we have um, pastor appreciation. Um, so, you know, show, show your appreciation for our pastors here at the church and we have that card shower for next Sunday. As well as today, we have our um, West Park Ministries at 2 o'clock. So if you are able to assist with that or, or dedicate your time to that, we would greatly appreciate it. This Friday, the 20th, we have, um, we're prepping for our food giveaway for the Saturday. So if you're able on the Friday to come in around 2 or 12.30, sorry, um, and help with the food delivery, that would be greatly appreciated. And then the following day, Saturday, if you're able to help us with the food distribution, please make sure you're here by 8.30 a.m. If it's p.m., you've missed it. Um, so if you're able to come out and help us with that, We'll have you home by the, the football game. So don't worry, you won't miss out on that. If you, if you have a student in uh, Lifesavers, we are doing the Christmas play uh, practice. And if your student or your child has lost their scripts or misplaced them or the dog or the goldfish has eaten them, um, please reach out and let me know so we can get those scripts or materials together for them. Um, because if they're missing them, it's, it's not going to be helpful for practice. So just let me know ahead of time. That way we can get some new ones made up. I understand sometimes, you know, things happen. So just please reach out. If you are playing in the flag football game, um, after, the, after the service, um, if, you, if you could meet up here in, like, this front row, please, I would greatly appreciate it. I just need you for, like, maybe 10 minutes. Um, just so we can go over a few housekeeping things and get teams situated. Um, that way you guys know who you're going to be playing with. Uh, trunk or treat, we have Wednesday, or on Wednesday, November uh, 1st, and that's going to be from 7 to 8. So if you are wanting to do a trunk, um, I believe the sign-ups are out in the lobby, correct? Okay. Make sure you sign up for that and um, get in there sooner, sooner than later. That way we kind of know how many people we're going to be having for that. Pastor, I'm going to hand things over to you so we can do offering. 
and uh, the men who were here yesterday, we had a great time at men's prayer breakfast, and I've asked Pastor Jamie to come and share. Uh, many of you have requested the notes or the outlines he's doing yesterday and then next months as well and give them an idea of where they can pick up the notes and you were going to include a, a coloring page too <laughs> yeah the demonic coloring page of the old demon no no um, so what my plan is is I'll be doing it next month part two which is even better than part one and my, so my plan is to put it on a website so all you have to do is click on the website the video will be there and there'll be the notes in the PowerPoint as well. So my hope is by next week or probably two weeks from now, we'll have the link in the bulletin. And then you can go home to your old handy-dandy internets and put it in, and then you'll be able to see the video and all the notes in PowerPoint. That's true. That's true. Well, there I am. But uh, we have a lot of things to sign up for and be a part of in ministry, in fellowship, in the South Lobby. Be sure and drop by and sign up. We're going to ask the ushers to come at this time. As you've noticed, we're uh, recruiting new folk in the ushering because we've had uh, situations where... Uh, We've had a lot of sickness, and we're going to have a prayer time in just a little bit. And while we're worshiping in just a few moments, I'm going to be down front with the anointing oil. And if you have someone on your heart that is sick, needs a healing touch, or you personally, would you step out and come forward? We'd like to pray with you as we're worshiping. So there's a part for everyone to play in this. The worship team's going to be leading us in a song about a move of God. That's what we need. Amen? We need a move of God. And so as we're giving our tithes and offerings, we're also inviting you if you need healing or someone's heavy on your heart. Isaiah Ordonez is having a difficult time unable to keep food down stephanie's concerned we want to pray for him the craigs are out uh, recovering from covid a number of people that are sick and need a healing touch from the lord and we want to realize that god is filling up every vacant spot in this place today with his presence i, I believe god's able don't you so if you have a prayer need of healing today or You'd be willing to stand in. I need some people to stand in for the Craigs and others that are sick that need a healing touch. As we receive the offering, then you can come forward and we'll pray with you right down the center aisle as well. Father, we come in Jesus' name. We ask, Lord, that you would fill the house with your glory. We understand, Father, that we cannot without you. We cannot do a thing without your help. 
So, Father, today we need your help. There are people that are sick, people that are infirm, people that are going through struggles. We pray for the situation in, in Israel. We pray for those whose uh, family is held captive. We ask, Father God, in Jesus' name, for divine intervention. And we give our tithes and our offerings so the good news of Jesus can spread around the world. We know, Father, that if a terrorist would give their heart to Jesus, they wouldn't be terrorists anymore. We read in your word how a terrorist named Saul of Tarsus, who sought to track down every Christian and put him to death, had an encounter with you, Lord Jesus, on the Damascus Road. And he was changed. Father God, we need to see hearts and lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Meet with your church today as we give and as we pray. Anoint this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
as we study in your word, we find that when people step into your presence, they're changed, transformed. And we give you glory for it today. We sense that we are in your presence right now. You know us better than we know ourselves. You know what we need. You know what I need. Father, we ask that you would do that which is most needful in every heart, in every life today. I pray it in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Somebody shout amen. amen. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Praise God. <clears throat> what little voice I have left, I'm going to try and preach. Praise God. Last week, we began a new series. There's giants in the land. And uh, there still are. <laughs> they were talking about physical giants. And we're looking at some spiritual giants that are still lumbering around. Now, some people don't completely comprehend what we're trying to get at here. The focus is not about how the giants got here. The focus is on the fact that they're here. Don't you like listening to the news and they, they're trying to say, well, how did this happen? Well, you know, that might be a good thing to talk about another time, but it's happened. Amen? We can spend all of our time analyzing what already happened and not be one centimeter closer to knowing how to stop what happened. I weary with it. Maybe I'm just the only one. Have you ever watched a speech on, of, of a politician or a, a leader on TV and they just told you what they told you? And you'd think, well, maybe I can get back to my program I want to watch now. But no, because four or five other people have to tell you what they told you. And then they have to tell you what they think they didn't tell you that they should have told you. And then you'll have the Democratic and the Republican and the independent response to what they told you that they didn't think they told you, that they thought they told you that you didn't understand and you missed your whole pro you missed your whole program now. <laughs> I'm just stating the fact. There were giants in the land. And they were godless. Because the Lord said every thought and intent of their hearts is evil continually and God said I'm not gonna put up with it anymore so that's our focus in this series 
Quit trying to figure out how they got here and figure out how to get rid of them. Would you stand with me for the reading of the Scripture? Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. There were giants on the earth in those days. Okay, there's a comma there. Put a period there and just say it with me. There were giants on the earth in those days. Enough said. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. Then, at, the, at this joining together, the Lord saw what? A lot of good stuff going on. A lot of godly people roaming the planet, right? People were just all blessed and serving God. No. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man, man, was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Now that's bad. That's bad. How many of you have bad days? How many of you every once in a while have a good day? They didn't have any good days. They all had evil days. Their thoughts of their heart was evil most of the time? No. Oh, just a little bit, right? This grouping, giants, sons and daughters, whatever, had devoided themselves from a relationship with almighty holy God and God said I've had enough my friends when God said that's it folks that's it people and places can get to a situation where God said that's it not going to put up with it anymore folks I'll get through the scripture here in a minute just stand there there's coming a day when God's going to say that's it trumpet's going to sound the redeemed are going to be ushered into its presence and then all judgment's going to fall on planet earth you say well I don't know that I believe that well you can believe whatever you want you don't want to be on this planet when God's wrath falls you, you don't want to be here you want to be in the safety of his presence but I digress Verse 6, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Folks, I want you to know God is grieved by what he sees on our planet right now. God is grieved. So the, I better move on. <laughs> So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, 
creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, say it with me. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he landed high and dry. I won't sing anymore, sorry. Father God, thank you for grace. Thank you for God's grace. Thank you that no matter how wicked our world may be, you can spot grace and mercy on those whose hearts are turned towards you. I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Are we clear what our focus is here? I don't want any debates this week with anybody. I don't care, personally, how the Giants got here. But they're here. And God said, they're evil. Their thoughts were evil continually. So, deal with it. And God said, I don't want them here. I'm going to get rid of them. And he can. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. At the very same time that there were physical giants in the land, with no relationship with God, is it safe to say that? Because their thoughts were evil continually. Intense of their thoughts of their hearts were evil continually. I'd pretty much say they're not right with God, right? These giants and the people on the planet, no relationship, right relationship with God. The earth was flooded with evil and wickedness. And amid all of this flood tide of evil, one man, just one. But the good news is one man standing with one God is mightier than all the rest. But Noah found grace. Say it with me. Oh, be, be, my, be my, my congregation today. Preach this with me. Noah. Noah found grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen? Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One guy. One guy. One man. One family. And he changed everything because God spotted righteousness in one guy on the planet surrounded by evil. 
amid the flood of wickedness where every thought was evil continually, one man stood with God. Noah found grace. Amen. Oh, we could all participate today. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Hallelujah. One man, one man, one woman, one child, one teenager, if you found grace in the eyes of the Lord, you're called upon and you have received him as Savior, as Lord, as your mighty God, you can be that one man. You can be that one woman. You can be that one teenager. You can be that one person that finds grace in the eyes of the Lord, surrounded by all the evil around you. God can spot you. Surrounded by evil and giants. I don't care where they came from. But they were there, and they were evil. There's no dispute. The grace of God was sufficient to keep Noah in the most wicked time in the history of the world till now. In the midst of our world right now, you are a pinpoint of grace in the blackness of sin. He said, you know, it's just like a, a light, a little candle. Doesn't seem too bright when the light's shining, but you get in the darkness and one little light can be a beacon and people can see there's a light in the darkness. That light can shine and it can push back the darkness where it is. You need to push back the darkness with the light of Jesus Christ in your heart and life in a dark, sinful world. Amen. It's about grace, amen? Oh, hear what the Word says. You know it well. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 says this, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. I interrupt myself. You know, I'm a little sick of everybody's revelations, you know? acting like they're more spiritual than anybody else. They write books and make profits off of them. Huh. Anybody else have a problem with that but me? I have a little bit of problem with that. You say, well, you know, it's profit incentive. They didn't give themselves the revelation, or, or maybe they did. I don't know. But they're making a profit over what they say God gave them. Nobody has a problem with that? I, I, I have sincere difficulty with that. Years ago, I heard a fellow say God had given him revelation about the end times and for a simple offering of $14.95, he would give it to you. And my question was, how much did God charge you? 
better reel myself in. I'm a little fired up today. Because there's giants in the land. I'm not too worried about how they got here. There's giants in the land, and they're evil, and they're powerful, and God said, I'm tired of it. I'm going to destroy it all. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and you can find grace, and I can find grace amid a flood tide of evil and wickedness in the age in which we live. I can find grace. I better get back to the scripture here. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. You know, Paul doesn't tell, talk much about his revelations, does he? Huh. A thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan. A demonic spirit was on duty 24-7 trying to mess with Paul. to buffet me, lest I be exalted above, above measure. And boy, did that demonic spirit do his job. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Then he got an answer he didn't want to get. You ever got an answer from God you didn't want to get? Many times I, oh Lord, no, that's not the way. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you were just walking around gigantically strong all the time, You'd think it was you that won the victory. Our weakness is an indicator we're not going to win anything. But his grace, amen, his grace that found Noah, his grace that found Abraham, his grace that found uh, the tribes of Israel and found Moses, his grace in the midst of evil times is sufficient. Because his strength is made perfect when you're not, when you're weak. How many of you admit to a whole parcel of weakness going on in your life? It just makes his grace more perfected in us. <laughs> I ain't going to make it through today. Um, let me just say this. The bigger the giant the greater the grace of God. The bigger the giant, the greater the grace of God. Romans chapter 5, you know it well. And verse 20 says, But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Now, I've, I remember the King James better than I remember every other translation. Where sin abounded, Abounded grace did much more abound. Says the same thing. Is sin and wickedness abounding today? Oh, yeah. We have a promise where sin abounds, and it is. Grace abounds even more.
That same grace that found one guy on planet Earth surrounded by gigantic evil all around him who thoughts and intents were evil, his grace was found pinpointed on one fellow named Noah. Where sin abounds, God's grace does much more abound. I went into the into my Greek New Testament and I found out something I didn't realize before. Two different words. Where sin abounds, that's one Greek word. You say, well, what, what is it? You wouldn't be able to pronounce it anyway. Grace abounds even more. Different word. It's not just uh, abounds and then abounds plus one. You know, it's, it's a totally different word. And the abounded word means to flow or to be mounted up as a flood. And the other word means to overflow. <laughs> oh, I read that. I jumped up out of my chair, and I had to dance a little bit in my office. People recorded local earthquakes. Where sin is flowing, God's grace is overflowing. Oh, where sin is flowing, grace is overflowing. Oh, make a motion with me. Could you do it just to keep yourself awake? Some of you are having trouble. Where sin is flowing, would you stand up with me for a moment and make yourself Realize that just like a, a river flowing through, sin is flowing in our day. Sin is flowing, is it not? Is sin flowing where you live? Is sin flowing in our community? Is sin flowing across the world? I've got the good news. Where sin is abounding and flowing, God's grace is over, over, overflowing. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! If it's flowing down here, it's flowing over the tops of giants. You may be seated. Where sin abounded, grace superabounded. His grace is more than sufficient. It's overwhelmingly sufficient. Grace to live in the midst of evil times. I am amazed at the evil in which the times in which we live right now. I am overwhelmed by it. But I know a grace. I know a grace that can overwhelm what's whelming. Amen? I know a grace that can overflow what's flowing. I know a grace that can superabound over what's abounding. We have a promise where sin abounds. Grace abounds even more. This message of grace in the land of giants, gigantic issues and problems. We talked last week about the giant of compromise, how that there used to be people who were followers of God, people who were serving the Lord, and now every thought is evil continually except for one dude in the whole planet. 
giants and all. One guy. Doesn't hardly seem fair. Till you know who the one guy stands with. He stands with the God who spoke this world into existence. This message of God's grace in the midst of overwhelming, it seems, evil and wickedness of our age. Every single New Testament letter to the church and to believers, God cries out grace, 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 grace. These people were going through persecution. These people, these early New Testament believers, were being burned at stakes and thrown to lions and chopped up by gladiators and run through with spears. And they were thrown out of the city. They were tormented. They were thrown in jail. They were beaten. They were flogged. They were dipped in oil and lit on fire for Roman garden parties. They were going through it. It seemed like evil was all around the early church. But every time a letter comes out from God's hand through Paul or Peter or whoever, it's grace. It's grace in the midst of the persecution. There's grace in the midst of the onslaught of evil. There's grace. Oh, read through it. Take your Bible and read through in Romans, it's grace to you. In Corinthians, by the grace of God. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy 1 and 2, Titus as well, Philemon. All of these, he speaks of God's grace in the midst of what they're facing. Grace to hang in there. Grace to stand fast in the face of gigantic obstacles. There were giants in the land but there was much more grace in the land the bigger the giant the greater the grace hallelujah if you look around and the devil wants you to focus on the evil that's around us and it's hard to miss I want you to shout out to the Lord, thank you for your grace that is greater, greater than all the sin, all the wickedness, all the blackness. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that the throne of what? Grace. Throne of grace. Grace. The throne of grace that we might find mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amid the wickedness of the day of Noah, the flowing of evil, the abounding of wickedness, God found one soul who would be righteous in his sight. Evil thoughts and intents of the heart continually, there was sufficient abounding, superabounding nature of God's grace to hold Noah in the midst of that situation. I need that grace today. How about you? 
Last week was a bad week emotionally. I need God's grace in the midst of bad weeks. I need God's grace in the midst of good weeks. Should, should I have one, you know? Oh, it's about his grace. That's the reason the, the pioneers of the faith talked about his grace a lot in their songs. That's what I'm going to do at the nursing home today. I'm going to do some songs and some of the stories behind the songs. Oh, sing it with me if you know it. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. We sing about amazing grace. Marvelous grace, wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus. The early church sang songs like that. Our forefathers and mothers in the faith, they knew they were in a wicked time, in a wicked world, and the world was in a wicked way. But there's grace. Where grace is, where sin is flowing, grace is overflowing. I better get back to my message. There's other spiritual giants in the land. We talked last week about compromise. It's a big one. And it is huge in society today. But even where the giant of compromise, of good and evil, and warm and lukewarm, God's grace is sufficient in the midst of it. To help us I want to look at a second giant today spiritual giant in our realm the giant of ignorance of God's word and God's ways it is huge this giant Matthew 24 tells us a little bit about it Matthew 24 and 37 says but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Whoa. Whoa. The days of Noah. When there were giants in the land. When there was wickedness in the land. When God was ready to say, that's it, I'm done. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this. You can't know the hour, but you can know this. 
if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You say, well, that, I'm confused. It says they didn't know. Well, they didn't comprehend. But the Bible tells us that for over a hundred years, Noah preached righteousness and repentance to the people of his day. Giant and midget alike. He preached. Peter tells us he preached righteousness and holiness and repentance for well over a hundred years they heard they just did not respond to what they heard you talk to any pastor you can preach and preach and preach and preach but if no one responds there's no joy in your heart you say well you ought to be joyful that you preach the word well there's that it's, it's, but it's a small thing when you know people are headed for hell and they don't respond. Noah preached for over 100 years. Repent. God's judgment is coming. Repent. Clean up your lives. God is going to destroy the world by a flood. They heard the word, but they turned a deaf ear to it. How many of you have ever shared with somebody about the Lord and they just slam their mind in your face? They don't want to hear it. It's not that they didn't hear it. They just don't want to hear it. They don't want to respond to it. The people of Noah's day had a continual banquet of preaching about God's judgment coming about righteousness and holy living, but they didn't receive what was being preached. They mocked him. They made fun of him. They turned a deaf ear, and the Scripture tells us it wasn't until the door shut on the ark and the rain started to fall that he had warned them about that they beat on the sides of that ark. Let us in. Let us in. But God shut the door, folks. God shut the door. I have a little drama I do about Noah, and Noah's line in that drama is, I'm so glad that God shut the door, not me. Folks, we don't shut the door on eternity. God's going to say when the trumpet sound's going to come. We're supposed to be working until he tells us Get inside. Come on in to the safety of salvation. If Jesus were to return for his church right now, there would be billions of people that said, we didn't know about it. Even though many have heard. How many of you have some loved ones? You've told them, but they don't listen. Many of the people who came forward for prayer today was not about themselves. It was about praying for others. 
who were apart from God. They'd heard, they just didn't respond. We didn't know. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4 says, And saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they are willingly are ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Biblical, spiritual ignorance of God's word and God's ways is a gigantic problem today. It's a giant in the land. It's a huge giant in the land in which we live. We have access to Bibles. You can go to Ollie's and get a cheap Bible, a really nice one. You can go online and buy Bibles by the case. Lifeway research states that 87% of American homes have at least three Bibles in them. 87% of American homes have at least three Bibles. But the average Christian only reads the Bible less than one time a month, if that. There's a gigantic ignorance of God's Word. Just having a Bible in your house does not mean you have the Bible in your heart. We've got Bibles in these pews. How many of you see one in front of you there? There's Bibles in the pews. How many of these pews are saved today? Nary one. You see, having a Bible in your bookstand doesn't save anybody. We could have those Bibles there for a hundred years and not a single one of these things would get saved. It's not about having a copy. It's about having it in your heart. 87% have at least three of them in their home, but they don't read it. They don't apply it. And they say their estimates are very, very high that even 1% reads it once a month. I did a sermon years ago about the Word of God, just about the Word of God, and I had everybody bring in all the copies they had. We had a, I don't know if any of you were here for that, we had them st standing up all over the aisle altar. I'd be sure to have your name in your Bible, but they were all over the place. And it was great seeing all that Bible. But for many people, a Bible is like that big old gigantic coffee table Bible that nobody reads, but it, it's a lovely centerpiece. You see, it's not about having a Bible in your house. It's about having a Bible, the Word of God, in your heart. There's a gigantic problem, a giant in the land of America especially. There's a giant in the land where we have a lot of copies, but we don't have anybody that's copying what God's Word says into their daily life. A gigantic ignorance of God's Word. And because there's an ignorance of what God's Word has to say, 
there's an ignorance of what God, how God wants us to live. An ignorance of God's word produces an ignorance of God's ways. How else can you explain what we see played out before us right now here in, in Ohio? People are quoting the Bible to say, God's word says this, and the result of you taking action upon it is the death of the unborn. They're quoting Bible verses to authenticate the need to kill the unborn. He's got a Bible. That, that preacher has a Bible. That pastor has a Bible. He just doesn't have it in his heart. You say, are you being judgmental? Oh, yes, I am. So what he said right there, you judge not that you be not judged. I said, yeah, he didn't read the whole verse. Jesus said, because I'm going to judge the same way you judge. I'm willing to be judged by the way I'm judging here because it's God's word. He had God's word in his mouth, but not in his heart. Can you imagine Jesus saying, kill the unborn? Imagine Jesus walking up and saying, yeah, it's everybody's free choice. You, you actually believe that Jesus would walk in and go up and vote and pull the lever down and say, yeah, kill the unborn. Come on now. We have the word of God on our shelves, but not in the folds of our heart. It's a gigantic problem. Well-known evangelists, prophets, and teachers are using God's word to dazzle and draw huge crowds, but they don't know the God of the Bible. We actually have people saying, well, it doesn't really matter if the stories in the Bible are true. Uh, they're good uh, principles. Folks, this is not fairy tale time, this word of God. This is God's word. There's a gigantic ignorance of God's word, and therefore there's a gigantic ignorance of God's ways. People call themselves Christian, but do not follow Christ. They call themselves Christians, which means followers of. But his word tells us the path we're to follow. Ignorance of God's word causes ignorance of God's ways. Folks, it's a huge giant today. People quote in scripture, but they don't know the author. And they don't take it in context. This book is not to prove your point into to show God's ways. How can we take down this spiritual giant of the ignorance of God's word and an ignorance of God's ways? Well, we'll start a program. We'll start it. No. It starts with you and it starts with me. We need to study to show ourselves approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, my King James crept back in there. Sorry, I, I, had, it, I had it written in another translation, but I, it's just so much a part of my DNA. 
2 Timothy 2:15. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing. Rightly dividing. Not pulling little things out to prove your point. Rightly dividing the word of God, the word of truth. This is not a storybook. This is not a Aesop's fables. This is God's word. We need to reverence as, as such and realize it's inspired and infallible. It is God's word. And by studying God's word under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth because he is the one who flowed through the writers of old to write these words down. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking His Word and having it written down through men inspired of God. And God's life and God's witness and God's wisdom and God's power is within His Word when it's anointed by the Spirit to our understanding. Well, how, Pastor, how can I study God's Word? Well, one good way is study it together with brothers and sisters like we do on Wednesdays. We have a good time. We can, you can study. You can bring your copy of God's Word, and there's opportunity to discuss and to, to study it and to learn of it and be strengthened by it. But ours is not so that you can pass a flying colors, a trivia test, and play Bible Jeopardy. I know the answer to that one. No, it's not about that. It's about inculcating God's word into the way that we live. And ignorance of God's word brings an ignorance of God's ways. We need to put it into our lives, to study it, to not just read it, but to study it. Spend a week on a verse. Take one verse. Spend a week on it. And ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart about it ask the Holy Spirit to bring light to any darkness that exists John 16 tells us about that spirit of truth who wants to guide us into it's a self guided study by the Holy Spirit who wrote it Whew. I mean wow I mean, when you get the author right there, and he said, no, 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 this is what it means. Oh, oh, this, and the Bible, I've said it many times, but the Bible is best interpreted by the Bible itself through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you stand before and when I stand before the Lord one day, he will not ask me how many books I read. Now, I like books. I have a lot of them in my library. I read every night before I go to bed. I have books, 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 books. I got books on my tablet, all kinds of things. But you know, that's not going to come up in the conversation. How many books did you read, Ken? Well, how much of this book have you put into practice in your life? I can understand all mysteries and, and answer Bible trivia till 
till I amaze and dazzle my friends. I always love it when on, on Jeopardy they have a Bible category. You ever find yourself excited about that? Doesn't happen often, but every once in a while. And I'm, I'm, I'm shouting it out, and Linda says, you're competing against unsaved people. That's, you know, what, what are you doing? You know. But I won. <laughs> yeah, but you get to some of the other categories, I have no clue. It's not for us to be a Bible trivia champion. It's for it to become a part of our lives. An ignorance of God's word brings an in ignorance of God's ways. And folks, we need God's ways in our walk today. You will not be asked by the Lord, I can pretty well assure you. How many books have you read? How many philosophers can you quote? How many, how many gurus can you name? How, how many arguments have you won? How many, how many people have you uh, conversed with about that movie or this book or that film? I don't think it's going to come up. How much of this book, God's Word, have you put into your life and lived it out? If we do not know His Word, we cannot know His ways. Psalm 119 and verse 9 says, How can a young man cleanse his way? That's a good question. Amen? By taking heed according to His Word, God's Word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's a giant in the land, a giant in the land of the ignorance of God's word and God's ways. I want to see a giant fall to its knees and be beheaded by the sword of the spirit which is the nobody knows that scripture the word of God you remember when David slew the giant we'll talk about him in a few weeks when David slew the giant he took the giant's sword out of its sheath and severed his head and there laid Goliath on the ground, dead and gone. And all the Philistines, they took off running because they know if they can take down a Goliath, they can take down the regular army. Folks, there's some giants of ignorance of God's word that need to be taken down. And it's only going to be taken down by the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It's important for us to fight the battles with the weaponry we've been given. Ignorance of God's word produces ignorance of God's ways. And folks, out in our world today, people are not living God's ways. But are we? We claim to be Christians. We claim to be followers of the Lord. 
but often there's a disparity between God's ways and the way we're living. And we need to repent of it. And we need to challenge the way we live by the sword of the Spirit. A fresh commitment, not only to read, but to study God's Word. A fresh commitment to ask the Lord, show me your ways. Teach me your truths, your word, and I shall be a follower of you. I'm asking you today, how many of you have your own copy of the word of God with you today? Do you have a copy? You may have it on your phone. That's cool too. Would you stand to your feet with me? And I'm inviting everybody here today to ask God for a fresh anointing upon the sword of the Spirit to take down the giant of ignorance of God's word and God's ways. You're not going to take that giant down by picketing or any, any other path. It's going to be the sword of the Spirit that takes that giant down, cuts its head off, and leaves it on the ground. Well, first of all, let me ask, do you believe we got that giant roaming around? That giant of the ignorance of God's word and God's ways? It's everywhere. How many of you think it ought to be taken down? You're going to take it down in your ability and wisdom? No, no. It's under God's grace and the sword of His Spirit. I'm inviting you today to join me at this place of prayer. Bring your copy of God's Word. If you don't have one with you today, grab one out of the, the pew. The pews aren't going to use it. Amen? They've had it in there for years. They're still not saved.
fruit of the Spirit today. Just begin to cry out to the Lord. Begin to cry out to the Lord. Cry out to Him. Cry out to Him. Let your word come alive in my spirit. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. His grace in the midst of these times to turn this situation around. To let his word come alive that we might live it. Slaying the giant of the ignorance of God's word and God's ways. Hallelujah. Take it away.